0: Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. I got a pet peeve, and I'm hearing it more and more during this time. Uh, Stick to scriptures, preacher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stick to scriptures, preacher. I have a pet peeve when I hear that. Just as much as I hate hearing, shut up and dribble. (laughs) Just as much as I hate hearing, I go to watch football to take my mind off of the politics. (laughs) But I especially hate, stick to the scripture preacher. Why? It rattles my nerves. Because I'm doing what you asked me to do. Turn with me, if you will, to the gospel according to Mark chapter 6, verse 16. That's the gospel according to Mark chapter 6, verse 16. And I'd ask that all who are physically able please stand uh, for the reading of the gospel. Again, that is Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 16. And I'll be going to the 29th verse. Hear ye the word of the Lord. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Uh, For he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and holy man, and he protected him. And when he'd heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Then an opportune day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a feast for his nobles, the high officers, and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want, and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom." So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, yet because the oaths Because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went uh, went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When the disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. God's word for God's people, and God's people said amen. 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 Happy birthday. Uh, for the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about a bad birthday party, a bad birthday party. Who does not like a birthday party? I'll admit that because I have a, a seven-year-old and a six-year-old and now a one-year-old, <laughs> Most of my weekends revolve around birthday parties. Because somebody in one of my children's classes or somebody in one of my children's extracurricular activities or somebody uh, who's around the same age as one of my children, it seems like somebody is having a birthday party every Saturday. (laughs) People take birthday parties seriously. Some people celebrate them the entire week. It's my birthday party week. Some of us turn it all the way up and celebrate the entire month. This is my birthday party month. And have activities and things for you planned. And and you can't just... Give nobody a card and say happy birthday and call it a day. No, no, no. We've got to have a party. We've got to go somewhere nice. We've got to celebrate it. We've got to do all of these things. We've got to celebrate the birthday party. And it starts as kids. Uh, Kids love birthday parties, especially if they're the birthday boy or birthday girl. Uh, Friends come bearing gifts. There's cake and there's ice cream. And these days, uh, maybe an outing to a local amusement park. Uh, you, you reserve in space at the latest jumping place or, or the latest putt-putt golf place Or something like that There's these things that go in in, in some place Where the kids can run wild And prayerfully burn all their energy off So that they go home and go to sleep Bless God, amen uh, Blowing out the birthday candles on a, uh, 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 on a birthday cake Is an annual rite of passage in America Although the older we get the more candles seem to get on the, the, the cake, the less enthused right. we get about blowing out the birthday cake, candles. Some of us may be approaching a fire hazard range yes. when we get to these parts, uh, but, but these things happen and, and, and the more candles, the less excited we become. There are those that start only celebrating every five years something big or every 10 years or, or certain particular milestones. Uh, but but the, the parents, for the parents, birthday parties can be stressful and full of the kind of intrigue and drama that accompany, accompany the lives of the, the wee ones. Mom and dad want everything to be perfect, but inevitably something is going to go wrong with junior or little uh, daughter's birthday party time. And there are... Horror stories of birthday parties that have gone bad. A family uh, decided to throw their eight-year-old a surprise party only to see her bust into tears when everybody yelled surprise. And she sniffed and cried because she said surprise parties make her heart Hurt. Uh, one party. Uh, uh, one party hired a clown to entertain a bunch of five-year-olds, only to discover that half of the children at the party were scared of clowns, and so they screamed in terror when they when they saw this clown. And the people had to ask the clown to leave. Clowns are creepy. Uh, one of these fun outings, uh, the kid showed up with a stomach bug and began to get sick in the middle of the ball pit and on the food and on the gifts. And as a bonus, everybody left their party getting sick from the kid getting sick. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, there was another one where a family went all out and spared no expense to create a birthday party of the century except only one guest showed up. It turns out uh, that the birthday party girl was uh, the birthday girl was kind of mean to the rest of the class uh, and, and so nobody wanted to come to her birthday party. Uh, these fan and, and I'm pretty sure if we were to pass a microphone around to all of you, you all would have a, a birthday party going bad experience to share. Uh, but all of these pale in comparison to the birthday party that was read in your hearing. Uh, Parents and little ones uh, uh, may have lost their minds uh, or or their lunch, as mentioned before, but nobody has lost their head. The ultimate bad birthday party uh, was taking place at the infamous birthday party thrown by Herod Antipas. Uh, Little background, Uh, 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 Herod was a a, a a tetrarch at the time. Herod Antipas was a, a tetrarch at the time. Uh, he was the son of, of Herod the Great. The, that same Herod the Great that heard that a Messiah was coming and ordered all of the t- uh, children under two years old to be killed and so uh, when Joseph and Mary heard that they was killing two-year-olds during that time, they packed up their stuff and went to Egypt for a little bit. That's, that's Herod the Great, right? And then Herod's son, Herod Antipas was, was there, and Herod's a tetrarch, uh, which is uh, sort of like a, a governor, if you will. Uh, uh, he, he rules a certain area, I don't know, maybe we'll call it a country. Uh, and, and, and Herod, uh, was, uh, Herod Antipas was, was a political figure, if you will. And, and the thing about Herod Antipas was that Herod Antipas and Herod the Great before him uh, were, were uh, selected not elected see there was another Russia, Roman government um, that had put this Herod in place over the people so this other country interfered with who was leading another country So, Herod Antipas is, 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 is over it, and now there's a cert, he's a certain king, and he hears about this preacher that is now grown and is going around uh, from Nazareth, and he's performing all sorts of miracles. And so, this king Herod, as he called himself, like I said, was not really in charge. There was some interference to get him in charge, and so he's running. This area, but he's running it as the R- Romans are telling him to run the country. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and so this Roman appointed governor uh, is over the territory of Galilee. And Pera, his father, Herod the Great, was called King too, but he was also one in name only. And he was sitting under, he said under Emperor Augustus at the time that Jesus was born. And so rumors got going around about this Jesus going around, and they people speculated who he was. So when you go do your studying, and we're in Mark chapter 6, but when you go do your studying for Mark on your own time, uh, just not here, but on your own time as well. Uh, when you do that study, and you'll learn that when Jesus came around, they were speculating over who Jesus was, and and some thought that he was uh, Elijah, and, and 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 others thought that he was one of the other prophets, and and, and some of them thought that he was John the Baptist raised from the dead and why would they say that they thought that John the Baptist was raised from the dead see when you have four different people telling four different the story the same story you'll get four different stories and so Mark kind of went straight to the point when he said things and then there was sometimes he realized well let me back up and explain what's going on and so Mark goes straight to the point when you read the gospel according to Mark Jesus hits the ground running doing the work that he's supposed to do and people hear about the work that he's supposed to do and somebody says we think he's John the Baptist uh, uh, resurrected and so they go when you read Matthew, Mark and Luke you'll realize that yeah John the Baptist baptized Jesus but now we've gotten to the point where john the baptist has been killed uh, But but these people so he says that and 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 this king was convinced that one of these rumors were true and so the story that was read in your hearing is the gospel according to mark the author of mark flashbacking to let you know why they are saying this they think that this is john the baptist resurrected he gives a party Flashback, and King Herod arrested John and put him in prison because the prophet had condemned the king's marriage to the queen, who happened to be his brother's ex-wife. Herod Antipas married Herodias, his brother's ex-wife, because he liked her. He liked what he saw. And so they give this story about it because John attacked that line of thinking because not only was this selected, not elected, ruler of a country (laughs) being interfered by from another country, but this person also thought that even though he was selected, not elected, he thought that he was the Messiah. He thought that he could make Galilee great again. And because he thought that he could make Galilee great again, and he was the savior of all the Jewish people, let me back so these these roman appointed governors were 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 the same people of God they just sold out yeah uh they might have been in debt or something of other. They they sold out and they became the appointed people for the Jews. They weren't picking Romans to run the Jews. These were Jewish people. They selected, not elected, to run and be interfered with and told what to do. And, 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 and so... These people, uh, uh, John attacked that line of thinking, saying that uh, uh, no real Messiah would violate the law of God like that and do the kind of shameful things that Antipas had done. And what he do? He had fallen in love or lust with his niece, Herodias, who was the wife of his half-brother, Herod II, who was also called Philip in the New Testament. And this is not to be confused with the full brother, Herod Philip, who was a tetrarch of that area east of the Jordan. Now, this is all going around about 29 AD, after the king, when the king visited his half-brother on the way to home, uh, Rome and asked for the niece, the idea of becoming the wife of a tetrarch appealed to her, so she agreed to, Herod, to marry him, Antipas first got a divorce from his first wife so he did and and Herodias divorced Philip and moved into the king's palace where they thought they were going to live happily ever after. I know you thought that the only place you could find drama was in soap operas and love and hip-hop and the real housewives of dot 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 but this was going on thousands of years ago. Ah, so this marriage was not only a political problem, uh, but it was a, also a major violation of Jewish law, which pro- forbade. Marriage to a brother's wife unless it was to raise a deceased brother's children by a Levite marriage. In Deuteronomy 25, 5 and Mark 12 and 19, it lays it out. Because during that time, this was a patriarchal society. Big old $5 word that meant it was just for men. So women were not able to take care of themselves. So in those cases, if you had a sister whose husband had died, uh, but they had though, that 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 woman... And those children would be unable to take care of themselves under that that system during those times. And so what would happen is maybe the brother-in-law would take them under the wing and make sure that they were still fed and clothed and taken care of. That was the only time it was okay to holler at your sister-in-law. But if you just thought your sister-in-law was cute, then that was not okay. And so the, the, uh, John the Baptist spoke truth to power. Yes. But her, uh, uh, Philip was not only alive, but he and Herodias had a daughter together. Uh, this was not a we taking care of some widows and orphans. This is taking care of some able-bodied people. Yes. And so Herodias saw John the Baptist as a pain in her aspirations and wanted him dead and out the way. Uh, The king, on the other hand, feared and protected John because he was a holy man and liked his preaching, even if he didn't quite follow what the preacher was saying. You say, oh, good sermon, and you go on and get your brunch or your lunch and, and, and don't do a thing the pastor said. I might be able to empathize with that. Uh, but the king uh, was more than perplexed at what John was. should have been more than perplexed at what John was preaching. John was proclaiming nothing less than the coming of the real Messiah the one he was pretending to be the one he was claiming himself to be and the kind of kingdom and power that Antipas Herod Antipas desired was nothing compared to the one who would usher in the kingdom of God. The king would be confused about Jesus until the end. He never Realized that the one who wore the crown of thorns instead of a crown with jewels inside of him was the real royalty. He never realized that he may have been born in a palace and people were calling him king, but the real king of kings and lord of lords was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Uh, And so we get to this birthday party. uh, And the king's birthday rolled around and he decided to throw a party for himself, and invite all the rich, powerful, and wealthy people of the court. And 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 Jewish people didn't really celebrate birthdays during that time, but the Romans and the Greeks did. And so, because you are selected, not elected, and because you are being influenced by another government telling you what to do, you act like they act. And, and, and so he's throwing. A big birthday party. And and, and the parties of the Herodian court were supposedly legendary for their excessness. Uh, And we can be sure that King Herod Antipas indulged in quite a few glasses of punch. (laughs) And and, and Herodias, seeing her chance to influence her new husband and get rid of this annoying prophet, had her daughter dance. Dance for her new husband. And to achieve her goal, Herodias enlists her daughter's assistance. Perhaps she could have been well aware of her husband's appreciation uh, uh, of the provocative dance. And, And Herod is vulnerable to Herodias' scheme, not only due to desire, but also because of pride. He's on stage before all of these famous people, all of these courtiers, these officers, these leaders of Galilee, these G8 if you will and, 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 and he cannot display any kind of weakness in front of them and, and so he can't prove to be indecisive so he might let his mouth write a check that his behind can't really catch All right. he might try to enlist some sort of federal uh, I mean Ooh. Galilean in uh, accuracy uh, or or, 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 or initiative that that can't be sustained. He he might say something that he's going to have to make good on that he don't really have control over. Amen. 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 And and, and so... He can't display weakness. And so this becomes a toxic brewer, a lethal cocktail, if you will, that that infuses uh, some hatred and some lust and some pride all together. And this dance is intoxicating. It says that she pleased Herod and his guests in the text. And and, and her performance is so pleasing that Herod says to her, ask for me whatever you wish and I will give it. Herod lost self Control The worst thing you can, there are really two things you can be horrible at and that'll be bad for you as a leader. If you are impulsive and if you don't pay attention to detail. Those two things are dangerous when you are in any kind of position of power. You might not read something and you've even signed everything away. Uh, but his braggadocio prompted him to declare a public oath before everybody in the party. Whatever you ask for me, I'll give you all the way up to half of my kingdom. And, 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 and after doing this extravagant pledge, Herodias' daughter uh, leaves the banquet, goes and finds her mother. And he says, what are we asking for? Uh, and the mother says, the head of John the Baptist. Uh, And and loosened up and full from partying, Andabas went went crazy over his stepdaughter, which is another no no. And made an oath that would give her anything she wanted, and that's what she asked for. That ain't a gift card. That ain't cake and ice cream. That, 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 that's not, not a, 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 a gift certificate for hugs or a night out on the town or free babysitting. She asked for something very rash. And now the king is trapped by his own words. And he don't want to lose face uh, in front of the members of the court. So he reluctantly ordered the prophet's head, served up, and gave it to the mother as a birthday present. And and the disciples came to claim his body afterwards. John the Baptist was in prison for telling uh, uh, King Herod what he was doing was wrong. I I got a pet peeve, and I'm hearing it more and more during this time. Uh, Stick to scriptures, preacher. Preacher. Stick to scriptures, preacher. I have a pet peeve when I hear that. Just as much as I hate hearing, shut up and dribble. (laughs) Just as much as I hate hearing, I go to watch football to take my mind off of the politics. But I especially hate, stick to the scripture, preacher. Why? It rattles my nerves. Because I'm doing what you asked me to do. All right. <laughs> Stick to scripture, preacher. Because, you, you know, I thought about typing up uh, sermon notes. For, for today and handing them out. But then I realized that I would have had to type up almost the entire Bible. And that's way too much uh, 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 notes for y'all to take home. All right. So I would just tell you to read it in your, in your leisure time. And understand that from Genesis all the way to Revelation. God talks about judging you on how you treat women, children, and strangers. Women who can't get a job during this time uh, uh, and and take care of themselves. Uh, Children who also can't get uh, 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 a job or any of those things and take care of themselves. And strangers. Aliens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Immigrants. So you talk about Uh, uh, over and over again in Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, all of these different scriptures talking about Treat the stranger kind. Do not withhold from the stranger. Treat them. I will judge you based on how you do that. You talk about Jesus saying that when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was a stranger, you took me in. You look at James when it talks about that pure religion is undefiled. These people uh, is undefiled by taking care of the widows and orphans. I am sticking to scripture. All right. All right. How you treat the least, the last, and the lost is a representative of God. How you take care of those who are less fortunate than you is a representative of God. God told us to do that. So when we get to talking about these things, stick to scripture, preacher, I am. I'm doing what the Bible says. Isaiah talks about not making laws that unjustly impact children. Stick to scripture, preacher. Prophets talk about what thus says the Lord. And sometimes what thus says the Lord is not fitting or not sugarcoated to the ears of those in political power. Amen. Amos said long ago, uh, in, in 4.12 he talked about God not passing by the people for how they were treating one another. Uh, Hosea took back a harlot Over and over again, even though she was doing him wrong and treating him wrong, but that was to show the people that God is going to continue to take back Israel over and over again, even though you don't do what he said to do and you don't love him like you said you did. Nathan told David you was wrong. Told David. Nathan was a prophet were there to tell these kings what thus said the Lord and when they got off track they were telling them what needed to go on to get them back on track yes. uh, when you read the story of David David was a king and he was looking out his window and he saw a woman named Bathsheba yes. bathing and he said I like that I'm going to have Bathsheba and you know he had Bathsheba and then he called Bathsheba Bathsheba was married though When he called Bathsheba's uh, um, husband back from war and he said, I can't be with my wife while the soldiers are out there fighting on the battlefield. So he wouldn't uh, he would not conceive with her. And so then when that didn't happen, he sent uh, Bathsheba's husband back on, on the battlefield, said, put him on the front lines. And while he's fighting, go ahead and back away and so when he out there fighting by himself he got killed and so Nathan went to David and said "There is a, a man who had a whole bunch of sheep mm-hmm. and he was ready to make a sacrifice but instead of taking them whole bunch of sheep that were for the sacrifice he went to another man who had one sheep and took his sheep and killed it for the sacrifice and David said who is that man I will have him punished at once Nathan said it's you speak truth to power. Uh Micah cried out about the injustice of the time. Isaiah cried out about the injustice of the time. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys stuck up to the king, stood up to the king and said, we will not bow down to your God. Uh, Jonah was sent to Nineveh to tell all the people to repent or face judgment. I am sticking to scripture. That's right. Amen. You know the other reason why I get mad when I hear stick to scripture? little history lesson. We are called the United Methodist Church because we were united with the Evangelical United Brethren. Uh, the, they used to call us the Methodist Episcopal Church before that. But guess what? There were two Methodist Episcopal churches. There was a Methodist Episcopal Church North and the Methodist Episcopal Church South. You want to guess what they split over? I'll give you a clue. It happened in the 1800s. Time's up. They split over slavery. Slavery. John Wesley and those were saying that it is not Christian. It is not ethical. It is not right for you as a human being to own another human being. So they said stick to scriptures, preacher, and split the church. So I get a little antsy. My neck get a little tight when I hear stick to scripture, preacher. Carl Barth talked about uh, 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 paraphrasing what he said, that we as Christians, not only just preachers, but we as Christians should have a newspaper in one hand and a Bible in the other and be using both of them. Is the microphone still working? We got to be involved. We can't just turn our brains off when we cross the threshold of the door. Jesus spoke truth to power. Yes, he did. And if we are to be Christ-like, if we are to imitate Jesus, we ought to be able to stick uh, stick to scripture and seek, truth, speak truth to power. Yes, so when I get told to stick to scripture, preacher, don't take all that. I don't care about these politics. What you really want me to do is be silent so you can do whatever you want. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's why it was illegal for folk that looked like us to read back then. Cause we'd have learned, wait a minute, Master, what's this about setting the captives free? What's about what's this justice you talking about? Prophets speak truth to power and that is why John ended up in the position that he was ended up in cuz he knew what the bible said he knew what the scripture said and he didn't just say yes and, and bow down to whatever selected not elected person was in power he didn't sell himself out for an opportunity to be called an advisor to a governor or a president or a mayor He said what thus said the Lord and said, this is wrong. And he got a a just reward for it. Sometimes it ain't pretty. Sometimes it's not going to be all roses and and, and private jets and and nice sized parsonages and and spectacular salaries and housing allowances. Sometimes you're going to get some punishment. Uh, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will carry them through it. Many are the afflictions, though. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper, well, but the weapon is still formed. And for it to fail, that means somebody's going to have to try to use it on you. Prophets speak truth to power. And one of the other things that I notice about the gospel, according to Mark, is number one, he gets straight to the point in what he says and immediately starts uh, uh, talking. But then sometimes he also has a flashback, right? He, he he goes forward real fast, then he has to flashback, and then other times he foreshadows. Let the church say foreshadows. I'm happy that they said that they uh, uh, <laughs> says that the disciples heard it and they came and took his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Yeah. So, number one, not only were the disciples emboldened, that would have been a, a perfect time for them to scatter. Leaders gone. I'm going to go back to doing whatever it was I was doing before I became a disciple of John the Baptist. No, they went and got his uh, his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Uh, They were not scared about what happened. They were not deterred about what happened. They did not stop because things got rough. They went and got the corpse and laid it in a tomb. So that's that literary foreshadowing because later on when we get towards the end of the gospel according to Mark and also when we get to the end of the gospel according to Luke and the end of the gospel according to Matthew and the end of the gospel according to John, there's somebody else That's going to be laid in a tomb. There's somebody else that is going to be uh, beaten down and locked up. There's somebody else that's going to have a crown of thorns put on his head. And they say prophesy Jesus after they blindfold him and start punching him and say prophesy Jesus. Tell us which one of us hit you. There's somebody else that they're going to put on his cross when he carries it all the way to Calvary. And it says here lies Jesus king of the Jews and I'm so glad that that foreshadowing is there so that I can know in the end we win in the end Jesus is going to take your sins and all of our sins and put them on the cross and give us Access to to heaven, access to the tree of life, that we will no longer have to worry about death, hell, and the grave. They're going to lay John in the tomb, and just like that, later on, they're going to lay Jesus in the tomb. But early on the third day, that stone is going to be rolled away, and while John may still be in the tomb, the tomb where they laid my Savior will be empty. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.